Hi, welcome to the really tell it like it is program and i'm apostle baker j baker who is a doctor in psychology i want you to know something i cannot put everybody on the really telling it like it is program but this man who is a friend and who's we're more alike than than we realize probably is one that i can because he really tells it like it is he does not pull punches and i love that so i want to present apostle uh and, and welcome apostle michael fram to the really telling like it is program you know i can't just put anybody on this on the really telling it like it is because most people don't want to really tell it like it is. <laughs> Do it. So, you know, <laughs> that's why you're put in this slot, okay? So. Yeah, I, I think we have this mutual admiration society going <laughs> on right now. I think we both appreciate that about the other person that uh, neither one of us really pulls a punch. And, um, you know, we are very loving and we're very compassionate and we care, but sometimes, you know, we do want to smack folk. There you go. <laughs> you know. But uh, I'm, I'm going to do my best to be very sweet today. I, I know last week, predominantly, I was in teacher mode. I got a little excited, and it's hard not to chase rabbits. But again, I'm going to try not to chase rabbits. We've really been focusing the first uh, three broadcasts that I've been with you on foundations and on discipleship and we were in matthew 28 last week and we were going through the the end really five verses of matthew 28 and we were in the middle of talking about matthew 28 19 last week which talks about go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, if you didn't see last week's program, you need to go back and watch last week's program as well, because what I'm about to say today, this week, is going to be building upon the foundation that we laid last week. And so you definitely want to go back and catch that either on YouTube or Rumble or Facebook or streaming it on TV or wherever you are watching this, go back and watch last week's as well so that you get this. But here in this verse, remember Jesus said, go therefore, and therefore because of what I said previously, which was that all authority having given unto him, he's talking to the 11 because Judas went and hung himself. He's talking to disciples and the commission is to go and make disciples, not to go and make converts. We focused on Mark 16, but not on Matthew 28. Go and make disciples. And I want to look at this word disciples here a little bit. And before we get into this word disciples, let's look at verse 20 as well. Because verse 20, this is joined together. Again, these two verses go together. It's the same thought. It's all written in red. 
from the last half of verse 18 all the way through verse 20. Again, if you want to look in my Bible, which I have to hold very carefully, it's falling apart. But you can see the bottom corner there. It's all written in red. It doesn't change. It's still Jesus speaking. So going and making disciples, he said, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. So obviously, part of making disciples is going to be teaching. Interestingly, if he says, go and make disciples, the next thing he said was baptizing. So that means baptizing people in water is part of discipleship. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Baptizing people in water is part of discipleship. But now teaching them to observe all that I commanded you is part of discipleship. So we can't have discipleship. We can't make disciples apart from baptizing and teaching. Both of those are components of discipleship. Now, I want to get into a little bit. If you look in this verse, in verse 19, where it says to go and make disciples, you look at that word disciple in the Greek. You remember that the New Testament was written in Greek. So the Greek word is, I'm not going to pronounce it, but it's spelled M-A-T-H-E-T-E-U-O is the Greek word. And this is what it means. Be a disciple of one and follow their precepts and instructions. So Jesus said, because all authority is given unto me, I want you, I've made you disciples, I want you now to go and replicate or duplicate what I've made you. I want you to go and do for others what I did for you and make them a disciple of me and follow Follow the one that's discipling you. Follow their precepts and instructions. See, this is a whole lot different than you're just going to go show up to church. This is a whole lot different than you're just going to show up to church. The second definition of this word is to make a disciple, to teach, to instruct, it means disciplined instruction. So we can't make disciples without disciplined instruction. The idea of discipline is, uh, is being carried over or brought over from the Old Testament, where the Old Testament said line upon line and precept upon precept. And so many believers are not taught by disciplined instruction. They're not taught foundationally. They're not taught with building blocks to build upon, where each revelation 
builds upon a previous revelation. And it seems like we have an epidemic in the church today where everybody wants to get all of these high lofty revelations and they don't even know the basics yet. That would make about as much sense as taking a kindergarten child that is learning that two plus two equals four and trying to teach them trigonometry and calculus. Now, nobody in their right mind would train a kindergartner trying to teach them trigonometry or calculus because you can't even get there if you haven't done algebra and geometry. And you can't get there if you haven't learned about addition and then subtraction and then multiplication and then division and then fractions and then decimals and all of those things you have to get to long before you even get to algebra. In the kingdom, it's no different. When, when you're studying mathematics, they go by disciplined instruction and lay foundations where one goes to the next, goes to the next. It's no different in your language arts. They teach you your alphabet first. There's no point in teaching sentence structure if you don't know your alphabet. You have to learn your alphabet first, and then you begin to learn how to spell words. Why in the world am I going to teach you about punctuation and sentence structure when you don't even know your ABCs yet? Dear Lord God, that doesn't make any sense. But yet in the kingdom, we have people that we're trying to teach them how to function and flow in the gifts of the spirit. And they've never even learned who they are in Christ. They don't even know new creation realities. Disciplined instruction. And so when we begin to get this thought that we are to go and make, make disciples, our job is to turn them into what we are. It's like the Lord said to me about six months before my apostolic commissioning in the fall of 2015, the Lord said, it's time for you to do for others what Leo did for you. Well, I know what my dad did for me. So he said, now go do for other people what he did for you. Well, this is the same. Jesus is telling the eleven. The disciples, I want you now to go and do for others what I did for you. You were put under my disciplined instruction. How did Jesus disciple them? They lived with him. They walked with him. They talked with him. They heard every parable that he told, and then... He explained to them what the parables meant. You remember that he said, it's not given unto them to know the mysteries of the kingdom, 
but it is given unto you. So he would teach the parable and then explain to them what the parable meant. He was giving them disciplined instruction. And it was always line upon line and precept upon precept. So now you go. All authority is given unto me. Now you go, therefore, and you make disciples just like I made you disciples. Yes, they were followers of Jesus. He did tell them, come and follow me. Yes, he did say that. But them being disciples was much more than a follower of Jesus. They were ones that followed the precepts and the instructions of Jesus. That means they had to learn what Jesus taught. The precepts are what he taught. Remember that Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are not my words, but the words of him that sent me. So he was teaching what the father said. And now he's commissioned us. Now you go and teach what I said. You teach my precepts. You, you give the instructions of what I did. To make a disciple is to teach and instruct in a disciplined manner. Now, if you go into the Greek a little bit further, you will find that this first Greek word that is used in Matthew 28, 19, which the transliteration is M-A-T-H-E-T-E-U-O, it actually comes from a different Greek root word, which is M-A-T-H-E-T-E-S. Methetes, I think, is how it's pronounced, but I don't know. And that word means a learner, a pupil, a disciple. So the act of discipling is work. It's making them. It's work to make a, just like a parent raising children is work. You don't just tell them one time, don't cross the street without looking. You tell them over and over and over. And you explain to them why you don't cross the street without looking. And why you look both ways. You teach them the precepts and why. You're giving them the principles and the precepts. And then like Jesus did with the eleven. He explained to them why he was saying it. And so in our process of making disciples, we're telling them not only what the precept is, but why we're giving them the precept. And the root word of this whole process is a learner, a pupil, a disciple. In other words, those that are being discipled must take on the attitude of, I am here to learn something. I am here to be a pupil. I am here to be put under disciplined instruction. What we've raised in the church is a culture of people that want to go to heaven, 
but we haven't raised a culture of those that want to become learners and pupils. I remember one day my dad was preaching and he was talking about mentors and fathers. And he said that fathers are looking for learners that will become leaders. Learners that will become leaders. And so a, a true disciple is a learner. Can I be honest with you? We never cease learning. We never cease being pupils. But we have people in the church that don't even crack their Bible. They don't even study and dig. You know, Paul told Timothy, study to show that you are approved. You're studying to show your approval, that you are approved to God. Your study shows it. You, you got to dig into original. You can't surface read and expect to get the nuggets out of the word of God. You got to dig in. Some folks have never used a Strong's Concordance. Some folks have never used the Thayer's. Some folks have never used the Vine's Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament words. Some have never even looked the verse up in multiple translations. I've heard people say to me, well, you know, if the authorized King James Version was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. Excuse me, Paul did not speak Elizabethan 1600 English. He spoke Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. He did not speak 1611 Elizabeth. Well, it's the authorized version. Authorized by who? It was authorized by King James. And King James was a male chauvinist pig. And if you didn't do what he say, he would cut off your head. That's who it was authorized by. Did you ever read in multiple translations? That's part of study. We never be quit being learners. We never quit being pupils. We never quit being disciples. We're always this. It is a lifelong process. Now, let me go just a little bit further. You know, not only do we have to look at, at Hebrew, but we also are Greek, but we also have to look at Hebrew because the Old Testament was all written in Hebrew and disciple was an Old Testament concept before it was a New Testament concept. And see, we've got people that say, well, everything in the Old Testament, we can just throw it away. Oh, really? I thought that Paul said that all of the word of God was good and was profitable for reproof and for correction and for instruction. So if all of it is good for reproof and correction and for instruction, how in the world do we want to take the Old Testament and throw it away? Even Paul in his writing, he said, all of these things were written King James English as end samples. And you're like, dear Lord God, what's an end sample? Well, that's old English. Modern English is an example. All these things in the old covenant or the old Testament were written as examples for us. 
So we don't throw the Old Testament out. And the thought of discipleship is all the way back in the Old Testament. And so I'm going to be reading a couple of quotes out of this book right here. And I would challenge you to get it if you've never read it. It's called An Ancient Blueprint for the Supernatural, the Lost Teaching of the Apostles. And here's what they say in this particular book. In a context like this, being a believer is more akin to seeking to join a community rather than simply giving assent to a set of teachings or expressing a personal preference. Boy, that's just so foreign. We see, we say, oh, well, I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible. I've accepted Jesus. It's more than just being a believer. This idea of discipleship is getting people to be part of a community. That is the Hebrew thought. They go on to say, in the Hebrew, the word for disciple is Talmud. T-A-L-M-I-D. Not Talmud, Talmud. That is the Hebrew word for a disciple. And the plural is Talmudim. Meaning those who leave all they have known in the past to learn and practice the ways of their teacher. They endeavor to not only learn what their teacher knows, but to become the same kind of man or woman that their teacher is. That is what was practiced by the early disciples and should be practiced now. Men and women who look and love like Jesus should be the goal of all who follow him. I'm talking about making disciples. And disciples are learners. They're pupils. They're those that are under instruction. And it's not just being where you know what the master or the rabbi or the teacher taught, but it's actually becoming who the rabbi, the master, or the teacher is so that now you are able to be a rabbi, a master, and a teacher. But see, we've conditioned people that we are the teachers. We're the pastors. We're the apostles. We're the prophets. We're the evangelists. We're the teachers. We're the ones, and our job is to teach you so that you have head knowledge and you're not just a Christian. That's not even the biblical concept. The biblical concept is our job in teaching you is so that you don't just learn what we know, but that you become who we are so that you are able to become what we are and therefore teach what we know. The kingdom is always about replication. It's always about duplication. And one of the reasons that we have seen so many men of God and women of God die 
and go to their eternal reward and then their ministry dies with them because they've never raised up disciples which have become mature sons. We've created a membership role. We look at attendance. We look at the amount of the offerings. And we look at how many people are on the membership role rather than how many people are we conforming to the image of his dear son. It's not just, I've heard people say, well, you know, numbers are really important because God's got a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. Yeah, he does have a book in the Bible called Numbers. <laughs> but it's not just about the amount of people. It's what are you doing with the people? Are you making them into pupils? Are you making them into learners that will become leaders? Are they disciples? Do they have the mindset that I just don't want to know what you know, but I want to become who you are? That's what they thought about in the early church. Jesus said, I've made you this. I have had you walk with me and talk with me, and you've been hands-on with me for three years of your life. And every sermon I have preached, you've had a ringside seat. Every parable that I taught, you had a ringside seat. And then I gave you the private interpretation because it's given to you as my disciples to know the mysteries of the kingdom. It's not given to them, but it's given to you. And now all authority is given unto me. Now you go, therefore, and you do for others what I did for you. I want you to take them by the hand. I want you to teach them. I want you to preach to them by precept and by example. I want you to line upon line, here a little, there a little. Bring them into a place of maturity so that they don't just know what you know, but they become who you are. And you have replicated and duplicated yourself in those that shall become mature sons that will be able to go and do also. Say, do you have Bible for that? I absolutely do. Because Paul told Timothy, he said, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Everything in the kingdom is always about duplication and replication. That is the goal of discipleship. And, and folks, let me just give you, this is the stages. It's born again, newborn believer. That's where you start. Everybody starts there. The sad part is many in the kingdom never advance beyond that stage. And you go from being a newborn son of God into becoming a disciple. One that joins a community, that joins a family, not one that attends a church once in a while. Not one that sits to listen to an hour-long sermon, but one that joins a community and then 
because they've joined that community, now they are those that are getting hands-on instruction. When's the last time your pastor, your apostle, your prophet, your teacher, your when's the last time they said, this principle means this, and this is how you apply it within your life. You are not a face in the crowd. You are a member of the family. You are a member of the community. And so this is this concept, this idea of discipleship that we are trying to get along and get across to us. And so this is where we're going about laying foundations. This is where we're going about discipleship because this is different than the paradigm of the church today. And I'm going to quit right here and pick it up the next week right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And remember, uh, Apostle Michael, tell them about your program that's coming up on tomorrow. I am on Wednesdays right after Dr. Baker, after her um, Still Telling It Like It Is program, my program, Maturing the Sons of God, comes on for 30 minutes. It's 530 Eastern and 230 Pacific. All right. And he will be back. We're going to finish this. We're, we are, are committed to your growth, your spiritual growth and advancement. And so we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends about this and we'll see you next week when we're here. Really? He's going to really tell it like it is. This is not about milk. This is about your growth in Jesus name. So bye-bye. <laughs>